Is it weird to speak to me in English now? <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of worried if uh, I'll just forget everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> for three months, don't speak English anymore. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've wondered that too. Because I think that speaking... A different language with someone makes the dynamic between you and mm -hmm. that person different. Yeah, because like it used to be very weird to speak to you in Portuguese. Uh, yeah, it was very weird to speak to me in Portuguese. Yeah, it was. It was like weird to speak to you. Another in person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that. Yeah. Who's that? Yeah, <laughs> and now it, it just feels like, oh, it's not weird anymore. But, but, it didn't. Come weird to speak in English, though. It's still okay to me. Okay. You know, like, it's not uh -huh. the other way around, no. Uh -huh. It's just, like, different. Hmm. We're less cute in English. That's a fair point. <laughs> We're more serious in English. Yeah. We don't really have many serious... We have serious conversations, but not to the same proportion that we do in yeah. English. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same percentage. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been wondering that because I've realized that in my conversations with other people too, when we start speaking a different language, it's like mm -hmm. what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Like uh I talked to Javier in English the other day. Not the other oh. day, it was probably within the last few months. And it was weird. And it, like you could tell that it, it just felt odd. Mm -hmm. But I think that Thank part you. of that is probably like in the lead up to it where you're like, where he's like, oh, I'm, I'm scared about speaking English to you. <laughs> and you're like, dude, it's fine. <laughs> but the thing that I have realized is uh. if I speak to him in Portuguese, it feels the same. It feels weird or the same it as It feels the Spanish? same as when we speak Spanish. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Like, I think going between Spanish and Portuguese for me is more comfortable than going from Portuguese to English or from Spanish to English. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like I'm not losing... I don't know. I think I would need to learn a non-romance language, get to a good level in it. And then What's an, what? A non-romance language? A non-romance language. language. So a language that is not Spanish, French... Portuguese, Italian, or Romanian. The best ones. <laughs> yeah. So if if I learned a language that was outside of that, what? Oh, okay. Because Roman. those languages tend to share cultural factors. Yeah, yeah. That, I was gonna say that. Like yeah. we're more cultural, close yes. to Spanish speakers. Yes. Like we're kind of similar in the way we live and act. Yes. Not live, but, uh, you know, like, our mood and stuff. Yes. To be very loud and fun and stuff, you know. And more, I think, relaxed. Yeah, and less serious. <laughs> much less serious and less specific. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've realized. I, I don't think that it's because of the lack of words that I have in languages other than English. But I believe mm -hmm. that the breadth of vocabulary 
that I can access in English that can allow me to express very specific thoughts, feelings, mm-hmm. emotions, ideas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that, I think it's just in, bigger in English. In it Portuguese seems. are very broad. Yeah. Like, a word could mean a lot of things, and you, you, you have to have a very cultural experience, so like a lot of time in Brazil, for example, to understand exactly what people yes. are trying to say with the same word, for example. Yes, yes. And sometimes it's just ridiculously easy to us but when yes. you don't understand some stuff and I, I was like oh yeah okay i can see why he doesn't get that yes thing. yes yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah like in in spanish i've gotten to understand those things because i enjoy the music more mm-hmm. and i've read the literature and i've i've been to the places And I've, like, studied yeah. the history extensively. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, I really don't know extensively the history of Brazil. Yeah. I don't engage that much in the music because it's hard for me to like it. And I just haven't spent enough time with Brazilians. I feel like I've spent a lot of time with the Brazilians, but mm-hmm. not as much time as I've spent with Spanish speakers. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that makes it tricky for me. To, like, yeah. really get it mm-hmm. language-wise. And I also just haven't been speaking the language as long. So I think that that's mm-hmm. a part of it. But, yeah. yeah. I don't know, because I've, I've definitely realized that speaking, jumping between English and Portuguese is very different from jumping between, like, Portuguese and Spanish. And then I think the other thing for me, mm-hmm. which I've noticed is, like, a half switch like like the like the 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 weirdness drops a bit but it's not as less weird as it is between spanish and portuguese so like english to spanish or portuguese is a big jump Mm -hmm. portuguese to spanish is a small jump but like spanish to french is like a medium jump oh okay but you also don't speak french Like yeah, I don't speak a French lot. a lot, yeah. and I don't speak it extremely not flu- well. Fluently, yeah, think. no, I, I do okay. not. No. So that makes yeah. sense to. But when I like jump between those but two, but the French are kind of the ones that are more different from us. Then you know, like I would if consider you get like the, Italian, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spanish, Portuguese, and French. Uh-huh. I think French are kind of the. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I think that, but. Maybe they, they are. Maybe Spanish, Italians, and Portuguese speakers are kind of more similar. I would agree with that. Than with the French. Yes. People. I would say that they're more similar, in comparison to, comparing to like, a person from northern France, or central France. Oh. I think that those people are very different, mm-hmm. and that's something that I've realized too in being here. And also just in my time going around to different cultures and such. I think that we often think that cultures and peoples are clearly distinct. Mm -hmm. But they're really not. Okay. At least that's my perception. I really... the, The way in which people may differ... I think changes where the average is between cultures. Okay. 
But I think that ultimately, like, the size of the variation among the population mm-hmm. is really not We're different. We're not that different. No. no I mean, <laughs> like, when you look at the fundamental elements of, like, what it means to live life in all these places, they're all pretty much the same. Okay. But there are some slight variations yeah, and, yeah. and differences which make things different, of mm-hmm. course. But I think overall, when you look at the large picture... Like, we're all human beings, and we all, like, have the same... We have, have not necessarily the same (laughs) things, but we have very similar human experiences, and we have more commonalities than we have differences. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that, uh, for me, that's where we get caught up, is in this weird thought that just because someone is from a different culture, speaks a different language... uh, has very different life experiences from us in terms of their bigger experiences like vacations and uh, family experiences, family dynamics, relationship dynamics, etc. We think that all that stuff is going to make someone so different, but when we think about that stuff, we're just forgetting about all the common things which take up more of their time, okay. which is like the day-to-day. Like all these people uh-huh. sleep. Uh-huh. They all wake up in the morning. They all have to take care of themselves and do hygiene. They all have to eat. They all have to work. They all have to yeah, worry like, about relationships and stuff. Those things are kind of... They have the differences too, like what they're going to eat. And yeah, of course. You know, like... Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think what you're yeah, saying, but the elements the within time, them the are certainly different. Are also different. Yes, the so. elements within all of those things are different. Yeah. I would agree with that. But I think that the fact that th- the picture itself, when you can break it down to the, the simple forms, mm-hmm. of like what is actually happening, all that stuff is really similar. And okay. since it's similar... We can't really become all that different to the point where we're aliens and we can't understand each oh, other. Oh, yeah. You no, know what I mean? Yeah, so sure. that's really what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And I think that ultimately, like, I think that we're going to differ more within a country than we will between them. Like, and, and I, this is a, this is a general truth, mm-hmm. which is well exposed in like mathematics and even psychology talks about this. Like you're going to find more variation within a population than you will between populations. So like the difference between the average Brazilian and the average American is much oh, okay. more small yeah, in comparison yeah, like to the difference between the the, yeah, the, class the, the Brazilian person in like the worst economic circumstance mm-hmm. and the and yeah, the best sure. and also that even like geographically like there's so much within a country which can make people different and I think the part where that at least makes me think is you take a country like Luxembourg or Liechtenstein which has like less than a million people. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much variation are you going to have within that population yeah, because yeah. the size of the extremes can't be so big. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. bet the difference increases if you have like a huge country like Brazil or the United States. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get that. I get. But I also think I don't know what you think about because like you compared the average Brazilian and the average American, but mm-hmm. 
do you think that that could be different if we compare very distinct countries? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it, it can differ more than that comparison that I gave you. But still, when you compare within a population, yeah, it's going okay. to be much more different than when you compare between them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, you can talk about, oh, how different is the average Brazilian from the average Australian? Um, yeah, I think that that difference might be a little bigger. But at the same time, it's like the difference between two Australians on very different sides of a distribution are going to be is good that that difference categorically is going to be much larger mm-hmm. than the difference between the average citizen in yeah. in in, okay. in two countries you can even compare like nigeria uganda yeah, yeah. you can go down the I list and, and i would like that. yeah and i would still i would still say the same thing mm-hmm. um i mean wow. you and i even experienced this a little bit which is curious mm. like when when we went to that uzbek restaurant in new york city what i'm sorry the uzbek restaurant in oh, new york yeah, city yeah. when we were there it's like when you look at the people from uzbekistan uzbekistan who are there who are working they're living their lives mm. like their lives and the things that they're doing the things that they're thinking like they're not all that different in essence from what we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to run a business. They're trying to stay in touch with their family. They're trying to stay connected to the cultural familiarities that make them feel good about themselves. They want to experience nostalgia. They want to support their own families. They want to build their own families. They mm-hmm. want to thrive and succeed. They want to to be confident and feel good about themselves they want to feel like they have control over their own decisions like there's so many of these aspects which i think are just the same or at least very very similar between cultures and i think we get to the point where sometimes we just think that cultures and people are categorically different based on where they're born and i just just don't think that's true no, it's agree it's just anything. not true at all. Yeah, okay. And I think that that drives us apart, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And even, like, I, I look at the similar trends that we see in our countries of people in the U.S. being just driven apart more and more to the point where they feel like they're living in different countries and they're from different cultures. Mm-hmm. And you can even see that within Brazil, too, like... Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's incredible. Like when yeah, yeah, and I don't know about the the USA because I don't really know a lot about those like regional differences. Sure. But, I don't know when you really compare someone who lives in I don't know the Amazon, like in the middle of yeah, someone who lives on a farm in Mato Grosso. Yeah, if you're going to compare, like, oh, someone who lives inside Amazon and someone who lives, like, in Porto Alegre and, you know, like, in yeah. huge cities, um, a lot of white people, yeah. <laughs> white, white immigrants and stuff. And, I mean, the thing, I would, yeah, state. The thing yeah. I would add to all that ethnicity stuff is, like, very different cultural backgrounds, very different ways of seeing the world and, like, distinct mm-hmm. philosophies and religions in like ways yeah, of living that shape the way that those people live and see the world. Yes. Like you're so different. 
so yes. different. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, there are potentially plenty of people who live in the Amazon who have very minimal, if and if no, exposure to like Western culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are some. Yeah. Yes, there are. And even when you not yeah, many, though. not many. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. But that that's certainly the case. Or like the extent to which Western culture is not dominant mm-hmm. in in their life, like in in yeah. their way of thinking, in their way of going about their mm-hmm. days. Like yes. there are plenty of people like that, and like that's a distinct difference between people. Yes. And, yeah, I think that that ultimately makes people think about their identities and about themselves in very distinct ways. But I also, the the other thing I think about, too, Mm -hmm. is when you think about people in the Amazon, when you think about people who are there, especially in lower socioeconomic statuses, people who are living more agrarian lifestyles, Mm -hmm. like, the thing I think about in that situation is how much are these people really thinking about their own identities? How much are these people really introspecting and thinking about who they are and what their place in the world is instead of putting food on the table and spending time with their family and just going going through your days? Okay, yeah, of course. I'd say that now they're probably thinking about it more than ever. Yes, that's 100% right. I do see that it's definitely not most of them or even half of them. I don't know. Yeah. Because we're always like seeing groups of people that are like really getting together and just building movements and stuff, trying to raise awareness about those people and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're always like very few and specific, um, especially young people. Yeah we're kind of trying to change their lives and stuff mm-hmm. but yeah i totally agree that a lot of like a huge part of brazilian population is more concerned about what they're gonna eat than who they are you know yeah and and even like to care about politics to even be able to think about politics mm-hmm. at a deeper level like you need no, space and time level, yeah. Yeah. yeah you need space time and education yeah and that's exactly. that's a big challenge yeah. i mean i look at the usa in the same way when you think about people in the rural appalachian mountains when you think about people who live in the rural great plains of like the, the bread basket of the united states like these are often people who have a high school education or less they're working their jobs, they have a family, they're trying to make ends meet. Sometimes someone gets addicted to heroin or some opioid-based drug. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're losing jobs because they're getting transported to countries where labor is cheaper. And yeah. Like, you, you see those similar things of, like, these people can't think about themselves and their politics. I have a question, like... Yeah. Okay, we have, we, we totally have similar um, scenarios, but I don't know if... Because, like, when you're watching TV here, mm-hmm. like the news, yeah. and you see some pretty intense 
scenes of oh people really living very very um desperately desperately i don't know if it's it's like in the really low quality of life yes you know, like yeah. no water th- okay. those things we see yeah, on yeah, tv yeah. Like yeah yeah the guy who didn't have word and, and the food and stuff yeah do do you have those things there too or there is like a it's, it's not as low <laughs> you know it happens it's just not on the news like Mm. The one very popular case is Flint, Michigan. So they had this like pipe problem in the water supply in the city of Flint, Michigan, which is still going on. And in this city, there's like over a million people who live there or live around there, um, or at least hundreds of thousands of people who live in this community. And I believe that lead got into the water supply, which made it, undrinkable and usable Mm -hmm. and the crisis has been going on since like the early 2010s okay so like that happens Mm -hmm. for sure i wouldn't say that like city water pollutes itself to the degree that it does here for example like is happening right now in rio Mm -hmm. but yeah but not even this case like just people then don't have access at all like in very remote places like no yeah that that's definitely not as no. uncommon okay like that i think that the amount of infrastructure investment that has happened in the u.s exactly that's been, the word like people living with no infrastructure at all yeah like people that have no yeah that electric, really like that really doesn't happen yeah yeah because like it, it happens on a very minuscule scale yeah sure. okay yeah in comparison to here yeah i know yeah right but that's that's something I'm curious about when you bring that up. It's something I don't know, and you could maybe educate me. In the favelas here, mm-hmm. what's the deal with running water, electricity? Like, is yeah. all of that there? And yeah. what's what's the infrastructure for that? And like, can you talk me through like how those were built in the way that they? built up like you don't need to give me all the details but like um i i don't maybe like the maybe like the the first grade version (laughs) (laughs) because you want to know how the valves were built or how they have infrastructure to i want to know both that's i'm curious about both things yeah okay because like the favelas were um born because of when they banned slavery yes back then the slaves wouldn't have any place to live yeah of course and they had to find some place to live so they Mm -hmm. would just go to the mountains and build something there Mm -hmm. of their of their own because the land was free i think i don't know and they were kind of um there was this politics back then they were trying to make the city look prettier mm-hmm. so they were just banning all those people yeah. from the city so they have to um find somewhere to live and they start to build the favelas mm-hmm. so that's how they started and they would just grow and grow and grow because we had no inclusion politics mm-hmm. in here to like give jobs to those people and better lives and stuff and and we see that 
see the consequences of that until these days. And yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have the answer to like how they have infrastructure to um, yeah. water and mm-hmm. um, electricity there, but they do have. Yeah. I'm not sure if they have that legally in all the favelas. Okay. Probably in the big ones like Hosinha yeah. and stuff, they yeah. do have. Mm-hmm. So they paid bills and stuff. Sure. Yeah. But I think I heard that. I'm saying I think I heard because I, sure. I'm, I'm really not sure. Yeah. That probably in some places they don't. They just mm-hmm. find a way to get water and electricity, but don't really. I think electricity, they pay for it. But mm-hmm. I think the water, it's not. Interesting. In some places. But yeah. I, I really don't have that mm-hmm. really um specific information that's interesting yeah i i would uh, i would not have known that um yeah, yeah but they do have they they have um yeah. all sorts of things there um they have they they go through problems with like oh i don't know um the mail for example normally don't get to those yeah, places geez, that... like oh you're gonna send something to a friend and they live in the favelas uh-huh Depending on the place, they're not gonna deliver it there. Yeah. So they're gonna have to go to um, the main place. Yeah, they need to go to like the to the, the the post office. This post office, yeah, exactly, yeah. to get it. Interesting. And that happens a lot in dangerous areas too. Okay. And the favelas are usually dangerous too. So. Because the mailmen don't want to go in there, because they'll just get robbed. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. and the trucks and everything. Yeah, yeah. so like yeah. they just just don't go. Not only the mailman by himself, but like the company itself. Just yeah. Go. This is a, I forgot how they call it. Um, it's a risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Risk, um, like a risk area. Yeah. So we're not gonna go there. Wow. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so people like they're living. In yeah, and no, I think that that goes to the. The point that was on TV the other day, if you took all the people who live in favelas, it would be the fourth largest state in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of people yeah. who live in favelas yeah. in, in, in Brazil is enormous. Yes, it is. Like tens of millions mm-hmm. of people. Yes. And that's something which I think is like hard for people to understand. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's an enormous amount of people. Mm-hmm. It's gigantic. Yes. Like tens of millions of people yeah. are living in like what we would call in the US like shanty towns. Which is like poorly built poorly built yeah. poorly built facilities or homes that are very unstable, mm-hmm. that are very disorganized and not well coordinated. Yes. To 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 put it in in that terms, but yes. yeah, it's it's really curious to me because I look at that and I'm like, when I look at that environment, I just wonder how you how one could think that without major investment into those communities mm-hmm. that you would be able to prevent the outcomes that those communities seemingly inevitably produce. Yeah. Sure. But I don't think that any politician who said, "Hey, I want to dive I want to diverge money from the common directions where we put it and 
do an entire revamp of the favelas. I don't think mm-hmm. a politician who wanted to do that would no. ever win. And I also, oddly enough, I just don't think it's possible. Like the amount of investment that that seemingly would require yeah. would be yeah, hundreds of millions of billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, way would be to just invest in some way of those people getting better lives and jobs and education so they could get out of that place and just go live somewhere else that's yeah better. but but then the question is like where do all those people go if they leave the favelas and it's like mm-hmm. is the only way to drain the favelas of people so that they can go live elsewhere and and, and have better lives to do that over 50 to 100 years mm-hmm. And if you do that, like, there's seemingly no way that you'll have continuity of politics. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. To, like, get seven presidents in a row who agree. Yeah, we have some problems with that. Because, like, when we see, for example, some sort of... um, how are you going to say that? Like the this, this community buildings that the government mm-hmm. government builds. Okay. For for example, we were going to build um how it called the place for the car race. <laughs> you know like um like a racetrack? Racetrack? Where like the cars the, race or Hamilton, you know like a parking garage? A parking garage? Where the cars race? Yeah, like in Formula One and stuff. Yeah, a racetrack. Racetrack. Okay, we're gonna build this here nearby my 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 neighborhood. Uh-huh. And but there was a community there, uh-huh. like a little favela. It was not big. It was just very little. Yeah. So they have to remove all those people from there, mm-hmm. and they would just oh okay we're we're gonna remove all of you and pay you this money to get you out of there yeah, and yeah. stuff and move you to these buildings and stuff mm-hmm. but there is a big problem with that because normally these buildings are very far away from the city yeah and normally where those people work interesting and it, it's kind of like it makes those people's lives a little worse when they have to spend so much time in, yeah, in transportation in transportation and community and stuff to get to their jobs every day so a lot of people wouldn't go and they would just really fight for it and and i i think that that that's a huge problem with the favelas situation too because they're all kind of located in in the city so yeah. they're close to where these people work and stuff and it's much easier um yeah, the location so of a number the lo- of them yeah. is is really good. It's good. It's kind of privileged, quote unquote, of course, but yeah, no, it's like of, it's prime spots. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, some really um, are kind of inside the most expensive neighbors in exactly. Rio too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's just crazy. And yeah. I would, and and you asked like, oh, where are are all gonna, are these people gonna go? Yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I don't know, because probably the only places that we have space left is 
probably just very far away from everything. Exactly. And where yeah. everything's going on. And those people don't want to live there. Nobody wants to live far away from where everything's yeah. happening. So, yeah. like, yeah. it's hard. Yeah, because then I think the, the government would have to fund major programs of affordable housing mm-hmm. in yes. the city, which would require massive construction bills, major destruction and rebuilding in the city, mm-hmm. and just complete changes in infrastructure. And, and to find a place for all those people to live, I think oddly enough would require having to completely rip through what the favelas are now in order to like build effective housing that is going to be well suited for the future for a long period of time. But even when you think about that, it just is seemingly so unrealistic Mm -hmm. and so costly. And even when you think about Brazil in general, the way that politics in these systems work, the amount of corruption that would be going on yeah. in this these large of projects, yeah. it would be insane. Yeah, exactly. absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. It would cost trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And like Brazil doesn't have that money. I don't know if trillions of dollars, but yeah, sure. No, what, what I'm thinking trillions of dollars because I I think that you're thinking about moving tens of millions of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And paying people to build yeah, such no large infrastructure <laughs> over time. And then yeah. you have all the back money that's going to be paid and, like, laundered between people. Like, just the amount of money and moving and, like, supporting these people as they make these moves and all this stuff. I just think as you think about it, like, it all just adds up. Like, think about this. The Sydney Opera House was supposed to cost $4 million or $4 million or $6 million Australian dollars mm-hmm. and it took them 10 years longer than they thought it was going to take and it ended up costing 50 million australian dollars mm-hmm. and like this is extremely common in construction projects yeah like you set a, a timeline and you set the amount that it's going to cost and it ends up costing six times more and it takes three times as long and when i just think about something that at this scale yeah it yeah. just seems like an absolute shit show yeah it's not gonna happen yeah and the place where i get to with that is like okay so what do you do mm-hmm. the constraint is okay you can't get rid of them and you can't build better infrastructure well well you can try but you can't really like do it to the fullest extent possible so how do you make these people's lives better despite the objectively bad living conditions that they have comparatively to those living conditions of others in in, in the country and others overall. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You're not a politician, so it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like... The, the, I think, well, guys, I want to run for president. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something I think about a lot because I think you know that I have these opinions, but when I think about Latin America, when I think about Brazil, I think about hundreds of millions of people who have 
tremendous potential to be just as intelligent, if not more intelligent than people Mm -hmm. in Western countries, but they Mm -hmm. just don't have the opportunities to do so. And if they had proper investment in leadership, they would be able to probably be better places than all these other places in the world. Totally. Yeah. And just the amount of space that is here. Mm -hmm. The amount of space, purely the amount of space. It could be so well done. I think the geography is a major, major it obstacle is. to that. We are very privileged in that matter, yeah. like natural conditions and stuff. Yes. Like, yep. we really don't have a lot of natural disasters and like... You have landslides, come on. What? You have landslides. I know, but no, but like I'm, I'm saying like big proportions, like like earthquakes and like... Tsunamis and stuff like that. Like we're, tsunamis, yeah, I would agree. For example, like Japan, you know, yeah. like they built this amazing and like really functional place, and it, it's just like literally a super hard point because mm-hmm. you know, like very unstable. But yeah. like when I say that we don't have a lot of natural disasters, like mm-hmm. we really don't have a lot of those things here. Sure. Actually, some of them not at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you talk about earthquakes, it's not nice. Tornadoes, you know, like sure. we don't have tornado season here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. This is not a thing. Yeah. We don't have volcanoes. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's yeah. literally natural peace. We do have some disasters, but they're, I think they're caused more. For example, landslides, they kill a lot of people every year. Yes, they do. Because of those bad conditions that people build their houses. And like, yeah, people, you know, yeah, sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not really, I don't know. We are very privileged in, the, in, in that part we are. Yeah. I don't know, I do think that the Amazon is rather inhibiting, though. If you actually take it seriously. Yeah. Like, it's very hard to build there. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about in the past, for me, on an international scale, it doesn't make sense to continue to, like, try to build there or try to, like, use it more for industrial and agricultural purposes. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem to make sense on a global scale in terms of everything that you can get from the forest and it's like not even fully explored in terms of everything that it could be providing us Mm -hmm. i remember when i was in elementary school middle school and high school whenever we would talk about the amazon rainforest the sim a common theme that would come up would be the amazon probably has the cures to the most harsh and worst diseases that afflict that afflict mm-hmm. us in the world. They're in the Amazon, yeah, but we just need to go and explore it, and and and, and it's in yeah, there, and there we can find it. There are still a lot of unknown species yeah. and and yeah, animals yeah. and plants and stuff in there. Yeah, and that's in the scenario that we already have millions of species. That mm-hmm. We already know, but yeah. we do yeah. have a lot more than we mm-hmm. don't even know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah crazy yeah and with all that it really just it it just baffles me to think that we Mm. would want to throw away probably the most incredible conglomeration of nature which Mm -hmm. we have on the planet really 
um, that's above the ground. Yes. Because I, I would I would like to differentiate the oceans from. from yeah, there. yeah, yeah. We but do have a lot of unknown things. There's plenty too. of unknown <laughs> things in the ocean. Yeah. People say it's like ten percent of the ocean. Yeah. We, we have an understanding of, and the yeah. other ninety percent yeah. were completely lost, and <laughs> that is pretty interesting, frightening, uh, curious, whatever word that you'd like to use. Uh, yeah, I find that to be interesting but going back to the the point i think yeah for me it just it it can become frustrating to see the way in which things go here in the way in which there are so many people who have so much potential and people with tremendous capacity Mm -hmm. who just don't have the opportunities to use that capacity for something and this is a an interesting argument about the United States, which I've heard, which this guy Matthew Iglesias talks about, which is, I told your dad the other day, like having one billion Americans, the argument for that is that it allows people to be much more productive than they would ever be able to be within their own countries because of the lack of infrastructure opportunities, education oh, okay. that is there. Yeah, I and I so. when you think about Brazil... If Brazil was able to start to become a country where people wanted to come, and and this is the weird thing, when I'm here, when I look at the city, when I look at what's going on here, if you were able to bring people in, in the lower class up into middle class jobs and into having a lifestyle that did not have to depend on crime or or, or mm-hmm. violence or anything like that, if you were able to make security in Brazil less of a problem mm-hmm. and you were able to have job opportunities in an educated populace, like, there is no reason in my mind, apart from, like, the price of plane travel, of why companies wouldn't want to be based here to, yeah, okay. to do work like when i think about people like in the u.s or people in europe when i think about what sort of lifestyle they would like to live why would they not want to like live on the beach Mm -hmm. have summer all the time um live in a beautiful place with beautiful people and and, in a culture that's so bright and lovely and, and 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 warm like when i think about just all the factors at play it just, it's like, why would you not want to build here mm-hmm. if you were able to mitigate those other risks? Yeah. It just baffles me. I think me. The, the, I don't know if it's about the security, actually. I think the problem, I don't know, I'm not, um, I'm, I really don't know a lot about those things, but mm-hmm. I think it's just very hard to have company here in Brazil. Because of... Because of um, taxes and like things that the government establishes and stuff, it's just like Jesus. It seems like they don't want you to. Interesting. To, you yeah. know, like yeah. And that probably makes a lot of companies not want to build or to establish a, some sort of um. I, I forgot. 
forgot the word. Yeah. Um, you know, establish yeah, yeah. themselves here because it, it becomes impossible eventually. Yeah, it's, it's you just, know? it seems financially. Yeah, it's, it's just financially. The it's not the right play. Yeah. 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 Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it makes me think of Singapore, for example. Mm-hmm. Like Singapore was like nothing really, until like nineteen seventy, when they had this president who was like, you know what. I want this to be the place where people establish their Asian headquarters for their businesses. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to cut taxes. I'm going to like, I'm going to cut the corporate tax rate to yeah. eight per, to 8%. I'm going to change the way that our real estate laws work. I'm going to change X, Y, Z thing about all these different pieces of law that were influencing the attractiveness of Singapore for businesses. And He's like, I'm going to build this and maintain this continuity over time. And now Singapore is where every key business is bringing their headquarters mm-hmm. in, in Asia. And like, yeah. I, when I think about Latin America, there's no country that comes to mind where I'm like, you know what? That is the place that is trying to pull a Singapore. Yeah. That is the place that's really trying to innovate exactly. and bring in talent Mm -hmm. and that's a thing which i see is is a bit ignored in like the general conversation in the united states for example is like nobody's really talking about the market in south america or the market in latin america in general there are hundreds of millions of people who are incredibly capable incredibly thoughtful and who want to build a life and build something for their countries and their cultures it's like there's tremendous spirit to work here mm-hmm. there is spirit to like get your hands dirty yes and there's there's spirit to get on the met the packed metro every day and get on the packed bus every day to go to work for hours and hours and to come back and to do it all over again mm-hmm. every single day like which just just from what i've seen not as existent in places like europe and North America. And I just feel like it's just so under-leveraged. Yes. It's just hard for me to, to make sense of that. And I also wonder if, because I'm realizing this, that that means that there are perhaps lots of people having similar thoughts who want to start to do that work Mm -hmm. who want to like build that in a private way you know and yeah i don't know that just makes me think i don't know i don't know i really i never heard anything like that from people here yeah i think people that have the power would have the power to do that are really not worried about that hmm what are they worried about? I don't know, getting more money from them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. When I think about that, <laughs> when I think about what I said, like that you can also be thinking about making more money because I think ultimately... Of course, but the, I mean, not, it's not, they're not interested in building anything. They're not interested in, in yeah. long-term money. Yeah, exactly. They're interested in short-term money. Yeah. yeah. No, when I think about the play that I'm talking about, it's like... Yes. If I were to do that, or if I were leading that, I would really get the money at like 60. Mm-hmm. So that would be like 
37 years from now. Mm-hmm. But that would be extremely well worth it. Yeah. Because you're, you're thinking of like tens, hundreds, millions of dollars, probably billions of dollars if you were really able to build something successful that had infrastructure and legs and a fundamental establishment that was functional. Um, I don't know, it just... It just really baffles me. Mm-hmm. Like the thing which I think about... I mean, I think about too much shit. Uh, but the thing which I've thought about a lot is Elon Musk has his solar city business, which is basically mm-hmm. roof tiles that act as solar panels. Okay. So they serve as both roof tiles to protect your roof, but they also absorb sunlight mm-hmm. to provide energy to your house. What better place to have that than Brazil? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, why, why not make a company like that where you're like, hey, we make this roof tile and we can put it on your building. And when we put it on your building, your house, whatever it is, you're making this initial investment because five years from now, you're not going to have to pay an electric bill anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get all your energy from solar and, and you're going to be good. Yeah. yeah, like may- maybe you'll need some additional energy reserves and whatnot. Maybe you'll need a generator or whatever. But mm-hmm. it is likely that y- the majority of your energy will be able to be from solar, which you'll have on your roof. Yeah. And it's like, why not have that? Why not try mm-hmm. to go for that? Like, there is so much roof space Yes. in the country. And it's like, oh, what if we just... And even, even like, what if the government was like, hey, we're going to support a business that is doing this to grow here in the country to sort of get through the initial tough steps of getting started and, and, and getting the manufacturing down. But I just feel like if, if, if Brazil had a, a company or if there was a company within Brazil that was private, that was doing this, that was incentivized by the government to do it and then was just released across the country, it would be massive. And it would be a tremendous opportunity for the country to actually do something that was building within itself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I think from there, they could easily use that business to, to fuel development in so many other countries in, in Latin America. But it's just, yeah, it just baffles me, to be honest. But... Then again, I think like whenever you think of like a, a decent idea, um, yeah, it's, it's it's tough, and I think it's it's it feels like it's too early. But at the same yeah. time, I think it's too yeah, early. I think yeah. people are yeah. not thinking about that yet. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I don't know why not. Mm. It, you know, like when you hear about those people thinking about those great things and really crazy shit mm-hmm. that could be great we just, we just like we don't hear a lot of people saying and like talking mm-hmm. about those things here sure and I don't know why mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just I don't know I really mm-hmm. don't know or yeah. maybe they're not talking about that enough of course probably there are people talking about that but yeah they're not enough or at least they're not that big or not yeah. that representative or not that influent 
don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we, I think we just don't get inspired enough, you know, to just mm-hmm. go and like, oh, let's do this. Let's talk about this. Let's try to do this. I don't know. Maybe we just we could. Maybe we cannot take the risk. Maybe yeah. we're not in the in the position of like, oh, I can. I could take that risk to be bold and think about something that's like really, really, really new and mm-hmm. literally risky. Yeah. Maybe we're just still trying to establish ourselves as like, oh, we have, we, we can live a life. We can, um, you know, I don't know. Build something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, the thing I wonder, I wonder about two things from there. The first is I wonder if people don't feel at ease enough to do that because there's a lack of a social safety net here. Yes, exactly. And the other thing I wonder about is if there is a lack of like a, a general feeling of aspiration like there is in the u.s for example Mm -hmm. or like there is in yeah i'll say more emerging in like the large cities of china now yeah we have a very we have generally in brazil we have this sense of inferiority yes we've talked about this before yeah yeah so where do you think that comes from wow that's hard where that comes from because that's those that's not just here either that's in Spanish-speaking countries as well. Well, maybe it comes from the the reality, like not that mm-hmm. it's not that we are inferior naturally, but like yeah. we live a life that looks yeah, and like seems to be less. When you do a a comparison of the present, yeah, it can feel that it's way. Like very yeah, easily. I don't have that kind of educational mm-hmm. government or investments and stuff. So like. Yeah. How can I be better than those people that are getting such great things in Europe, great culture, mm-hmm. um, speak um, three languages, and they learn everything in school? And Cheap have, flights everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. so like, yeah. how are we going to be better than them? But maybe we can't, not, not be better than them, but like as good as they are. Mm-hmm. And the incredible thing is that, like, that you were talking about um, earlier was like, we are able to build great things here, great minds, within the conditions we are living in. Like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Imagine if we had good conditions. Mm-hmm. With, when you look at the work of the public universities, for example, yeah. that are the best schools in the country. Mm-hmm. They are the best schools in the country, apart from like really being neglected by the government. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus. Despite federal, a lack of investment. Despite, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, apart. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, the, the federal universities in Brazil, some of them are in, in the, the ranking of the best universities in Latin America. Like, yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah. if they had <laughs> everything that they, you know, mm-hmm. require, or like they, you know, better conditions to work and to teach and to really develop something. Jesus. Yeah, and this is something I think about too, which you and I have talked about in the past as we 
near the end here. Like, the other thing I don't understand, too, is, like, American universities and companies, I don't understand why they do not have an interest or an intrinsic massive desire to want to work with large universities, especially large public universities in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Like when I went to Colombia and I met with all sorts of researchers at the National University, literally the best university in the entire country, mm-hmm. I sent them all an email speaking Spanish and saying, hey, I want to meet with you because I'm interested in what you do. Literally 90% of the people I emailed answer me. And I was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. 21 years old. And all these people answered me. Yeah. And they all wanted to meet with me and to talk to me and to collaborate. It's yes. like, there's just this yearning. And I just don't get it. Like, all the research, pretty much all of it, like, the large mass of research which we depend upon, which we understand, which we talk about, which we reference, like, it's based on work that has been done on college students in the United States of America and Europe. And it's like, what are we really doing? And why are we not trying to build these connections and to to really work cross-culturally, to just see the way that these trends are working? Like, it just baffles me as to why American researchers or European researchers Do would not want might to be with the inverse feeling of like superiority and like just be like oh they they won't be enough you know like they don't have anything interesting I there. I do like, think that that's there you know, like, I definitely think that that's there like, oh, what yeah. what would they have for me yeah I think that it's a subliminal thought I think it's yeah, like a they, subconscious they, you're thought you're not gonna say that but <laughs> but it's it's certainly there yeah and it's so damn unfortunate because well number one most American researchers don't speak a second language unless they were born speaking a second language, Mm -hmm. which is a complete travesty. And second, second is that it's, they just don't know. They just don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. they've never been, they've never thought it was interesting. Yeah, that was the other thing I was thinking. Maybe they don't even... Know that those things exist. Yeah, or, or or they just you know, like, or just they just go off the stereotypes that they get from the news, which is saying yeah, that like, like it's just, too dangerous to go there, which is just a lie. Mm-hmm. Like Chicago, Illinois, is statistically more dangerous than Mexico City. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it just yeah, it baffles me. But we have one minute left, so okay. Um, <laughs> any last words? Fair. Oh. Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> I, I'm nervous now. <laughs> Talk for 59 minutes becomes nervous. <laughs> That's a wee. <laughs> well, B, we only talked about, uh, none of the things on my list here. So, we should, we, should, we should try to cover some of these at a later date. <laughs> um, but no, thank you for talking. I haven't thank talked you. about Brazil at all on my podcast, so I'm really happy we That's great. were able to do that. Yay. And maybe my Brazilian listeners will have some feedback. So. <laughs>
I'll let you know. Maybe they just write and say that I'm just wrong in everything I said. <laughs> that would be good knowledge for me because yeah, I am very insulated. <laughs> okay, the numbers are red now. All so. right. Bye, everyone. Take Bye. care. Bye.